Hey, and welcome to For the Podcast. This is episode 39. I'm Michael, as always, here with my good friends, Jason and Will. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? So, it seems like uh, we were just together last week. (laughs) More like half a year ago or so, but, uh, you know, give or take a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, it's, you know, not not much has changed, right? (laughs) No, no. We're all in the same places, pretty much. None of us have babies or anything like that. No, none of us moved across country. <laughs> yeah. Any, any exactly. follow-up? <laughs> no follow-up. I think that that was a good update. All right, all good. Right, there we go. Okay, so let's just go into it. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, I think that we want to talk about Nintendo first, right? Switch, yep. Yeah, okay. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so Nintendo announced, uh, I guess pre-announced, like they gave the first details of their next console the switch right yeah we got a youtube uh, video <laughs> it was about two minutes long or so uh gave us but it gave us a, our first glimpse of like what it actually looks like and how it's going to like operate and stuff like what do you guys think of uh of the switch well i want to hear your opinions first i'm in uh i can play zelda and then i can pick up my actual like console and continue to play zelda while i'm moving around uh, and have the same exact experience as I would if I were to sit and play a Nintendo game on the big screen. Um, I'm really sold on that because I'm kind of hoping that this means finally we get a uh, legitimate console monster hunter, which would be nice. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about this, especially since this is more of a... Nintendo playing to its strong points with uh, its mobile platform while still trying to be like, hey, we're still a grown-up, like, full big-screen console uh, going on. I'm also interested to see what kind of real power is behind it since it is uh, powered by NVIDIA's Shield. Like, for a second, they did show Skyrim, even though Bethesda has not announced that Skyrim would be coming out for uh, the Switch. They were able to demo it during that little two and a half minute uh, video at one point. Is there like a remastered Skyrim coming out? Yes, there is. And everyone should buy it. What's new? Just off topic here. Uh, it looks better. Even okay. though the game is it just like great. they made yeah. it for like current gen consoles. Correct. Okay. So uh, we're so bad at this. Uh for people that haven't watched the video and like, <laughs> like, let me try to describe the switch, I guess. So it's basically, it looks like a small tablet, more like the, like a, like an Android tablet, I guess, than like the Wii U tablet. Um, it's just like a, a screen and then attached to the screen on the sides, um, are what are they called? Joy cons, which are basically, which are basically just, uh, like, you know, your controller kind of split up on your left and right, like divided in half. And uh, you can dock this into like onto like some dock that plugs into your TV. You, and then you can take the console on the go. And um, it supposedly has like, I don't know, they haven't said anything about the graphics, right? Like if they get better when docked, but it, it didn't seem like the dock was like provided any more power really, unless there was like, it underclocked when it was not powered, like when it was running uh, on battery. Yeah. Do you know? Rumors say that it will scale down in resolution. Um, it won't be a full like, it won't be like 1080p on when it's in handheld form. Uh, that's one thing that was being said about it. So, okay, there's going to be yeah, a that... little hit of resolution. But besides that, I think it should be like fine. Uh, I wonder what the battery life is going to be though on something like this. I don't think the dock adds any more like graphical power though. Like no, I think the, the, the guts the are dock, the guts are in the actual tablet, right? Correct. The dock is just a way for you to connect it to a larger screen. Yeah, I guess the only way there would be more power is if maybe it was plugged into power. Like I think that's the only way that uh it would maybe like ramp up the clock speed or something. Um right. but all of that is un- like not confirmed at all. We're just speculating. But I guess the interesting thing is they kind of, you know, Nintendo's always kind of done well with their mobile devices and kind of not done as well with their, um, I guess, with their like home consoles. Even though, you know, I think their home consoles have been great. They just haven't, people would rather buy like a PlayStation or an Xbox and then, uh, 
maybe leave the Nintendo. Unless you're like a diehard Nintendo fan like I am and you love like all of their IP. Um, you you really were just buying the console for the Nintendo games, not really expecting really good third-party support. Um, so I think this way, I think that the DS had a little bit more like third-party support. So in this way, they're kind of consolidating their their development teams. So like Nintendo can maybe, you know, they can release more quality. I mean, they showed like a Mario title there, right? That looked more in the vein of like Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine. Um, and what else? The, I mean, the new Zelda is being developed for Wii U and for um, the Switch. Um, and then since there's only going to be, you know, this hybrid console, you can assume that there's going to be a Pokemon game, probably like a full-blown Animal Crossing game down the line. Um, and I think that's that's awesome. It's nice to... It's nice to have. It's nice to see Nintendo take this direction, and I feel like the the ad they showed was was also you know it wasn't as focused on kids. Um, it was focused on like more young adults. Um, so I, I like this new Nintendo. I like the direction they're taking with it. Yeah, I'm. I see it as a really positive move, uh, especially since one of the things that wasn't mentioned in the video was they're going to be revamping the whole entire. Uh, online component of how you interact with Nintendo uh, games. Uh, this has been in the works for a while because anyone who has a Nintendo product already knows that sometimes the online experience is not exactly great. I mean... Add me, 427-652. No, I'm just <laughs> Exactly. Friend codes. <laughs> great. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how they're going to handle all of our purchases that have been done through Virtual Console. Uh, because I remember uh, whenever there was a big change, updating and keeping all of your stuff uh, could be a bit of a pain. But this is a chance for Nintendo to finally be on par with uh, Sony and Microsoft when it comes to an online network, which it's about time, Nintendo. Okay, so as you guys said... Um... Nintendo has traditionally done really well with their handheld consoles and and their other than the Wii, I guess uh, their their traditional consoles haven't been as good lately. Um, so this is, a, I think, a really good idea, just because it's like a little bit of both. But do you see this as a console that you can then pick up and become it becomes a portable or like a portable that you dock to become like a traditional console? Does that make a difference to you? Not really to me. I mean, it doesn't really make a difference. Uh, I just want it to be more powerful. I want it to be the most powerful handheld that I'll have uh, since I've been... Even if that means it's not like the most powerful console, like like traditional console that you have. Of course. That's why I already have a PlayStation and an Xbox One. I mean, if I wanted power, I would spend all of my money on a ridiculous gaming PC. Uh, but in the meantime, I'll make do with being able to have all my Nintendo games that I want to play on the big screen as opposed to lugging around a 3DS constantly. But are you going to like do you envision yourself using this more as a as a portable that you're going to like play with it like, you know, on the go or like in your room sitting down uh, or do you think it'll be used mostly docked? Because, I mean, if you're sitting in front of your TV like this huge screen, would you not rather play? I don't know, like a PS4 or an Xbox One? Depends on what mood I'm in and whoever else is online. I see Nintendo games as being more, because of the notoriously bad networking situation with Nintendo, is more of a solitary-like game. Like, I'm not going... If someone's not on... If no, none of my friends are online and I feel like playing Zelda, then Nintendo wins and I play that on the big screen. If, uh, like, Mike's online, uh, PlayStation 4 wins and I'm playing Destiny. I mean... Do you, are you guys worried that, you know, once again, it feels like, I think Jason, we brought this up like a long time ago. It's always just seems like Nintendo can never really like catch up in terms of like graphical horsepower, right? Right. I mean, it seems like it's not going to be on par. Like they said that this is not going to be um, like, this is their console that's going to catch up. And uh, when we first had the rumors of the, uh, the, the NX, I guess it was when it was called back then, um, they said, oh, this is going to be like, you know, the same level as the other consoles, Sony and Microsoft. But obviously now there's the PS4 Pro. Um, next year there's going to be uh, Project Scorpion, right? So it looks like this is not going to be the same level of graphics, which is not necessarily 
you know, that doesn't mean it's doomed, right? Like it, it, the Nintendo games are great and you can't get that anywhere else. But um, I just wonder if it's, it's a really cool idea, but like, is this something that is really just like a, a really nice handheld um, and are people mainly going to be using it as that or are they going to use it as an actual console? I see it more as a home console for me. Yeah, I think the whole console is the way to go with it because if you really want a nice handheld, then the Vita would be king. Like, uh, uh, because it was like a powerful. Well, with, with Nintendo powerful games, then. Mobile. Oh, with N- Nintendo games, then it's like, what does this really mean for the um, 3DS? Uh, I mean, the new 3DS is not exactly that old. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what is the price point going to be because sure it's not going to be on par with like Project Scorpion or the PS4 uh, Pro but I'm thinking that the internals of this system should be pretty close to PlayStation 4 or uh Xbox 1 as it as they stand right now. So what are you guys thinking is the price for this? Like what what would you pay uh like if, if Nintendo released it at this price, you would buy it sight unseen. Like, or I guess you guys are probably going to buy it regardless anyway, right? But what do you think the price is going to be? I think maybe two ninety nine, three forty nine. Yeah. If I get if if it's a two ninety nine, just take my money. But I'm worried that they'll hit three ninety nine, which is uh, I think it's going to be tougher. Uh, I don't know. This is never going to be. I don't think anyone's primary console. But will it get people like you, Jason, to pick it up? Does this like interest you at all? Because I know you're probably the least like Nintendo fanboyish out of all of us. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a really cool idea, um, and I think it's really smart, uh, especially because everyone says that like you know, oh, mobile gaming is killing Nintendo, and Nintendo just needs to go on iOS and, and so on and so forth. So I think that like for them to do this and kind of um, show you what quality mobile gaming is with real controllers that are, you know, more like first party and they're not touch controls and they're not like some third party janky controllers. Um, I think that they can definitely do some stuff here um, that you can't get on an iPad or, you know, on your iPhone. Um, so I, I think it's a really cool idea to be able to dock that and also take it with you on the go with the same graphical fidelity or, or more or less the same graphical fidelity. Um, I mean, I'll have to wait and see how much it is and like what games are out there. That, that I would actually play. Um, so it's not an instant purchase for me, but I think it's a, it's a good idea. Yeah, and then they're going back to like game cartridges, right? Or game cards. They're going away from from like a Blu-ray or whatever, like, you know, disc media. I mean, so do you think that means that it's not going to have that much solid state memory? Like, I, I just feel like originally when I first heard this, I thought it would maybe be like one ninety nine. Um, but everyone else's guesses seem to be like two ninety nine, three forty nine. I would be surprised if it was three ninety nine, given that it doesn't have. You're not. They don't need to have like five hundred twelve gigs of solid state memory on there, right? Because you're using cartridges, and um, it doesn't seem like it's. I mean, if you can buy a PS4 Pro for less than that or the same price as that, then I don't see why this would be the same price. Yeah, and there's still. I guess there's a another announcement coming in early January. I think they said today. Um, I mean, do you think there's there's multi-touch on here, or do you think it's just a regular screen? The rumor uh, is the that there is multi-touch, rumor right? Was multi-touch on as uh, the screen, but that brings to the point: like, what happens when you dock it? Uh, they did. I think there also was a rumor saying that one of the Joy Cons does have um, infrared, so you would be able to point it at the screen, but that's not going to be the same as <laughs> pointed at your TV. That's definitely not the same as using a touchscreen. So I don't I mean, know I how f- that's going to work out. I feel like it probably does have multi-touch if that's what the rumor is. I've heard the same thing, people questioning, well, what are you going to do uh, when it's docked? Because you obviously can't, if that's like a critical aspect of the game, then you can't do that, right? Um, I feel like maybe it'll just include multi-touch for navigation of the menus. Uh, so, like, if you're on the go and you want to, uh, I don't know, say they have Netflix on there or say something else, you can then use it like a normal tablet, kind of, or to browse the web or or whatever it is that you can do. Um, don't forget that sweet, sweet kickstand. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, if you want to watch videos, that I feel like, you know, you don't want to have to, like, tap the down button and then hit, you know, B a, a couple times just to get to, like, wherever you want to go to in the menu navigation. So, I feel like they could just add that on the go, but not necessarily for gameplay. Yeah. 
Well, I guess uh, by the time our next episode comes out in January, we'll know more. <laughs> or March. Or, yeah. You guys already have it. That's right. Okay. Um, so you guys want to move on to uh, Microsoft? Yes, please. Okay. So yesterday, Microsoft held an event uh, for its Surface line of products, and uh, they... I didn't pay too much attention to it. Like they started announcing a bunch of stuff for 3D, like a 3D version of Microsoft Paint, I think, and all these uh, different things. But I think the one thing that I kind of wanted to talk about was the uh, Surface Studio, which is like a Microsoft Surface version of an iMac. It's like an all-in-one PC that has like a 28-inch, uh, four is it four five K? I, I don't know what the resolution is, but like a super high-resolution display that's 28 inches. Uh, looks very comparable to an iMac, but then the uh, the kicker is that it's it folds down and uh, you can kind of use it as like a canvas. Uh, and there's like this little dial accessory that you can use uh, to either, you can use it while it's on your desk or you can even put it on top of the Surface monitor and it can interact and give you like app-specific uh, functionality. So what do you guys think of the uh, Surface Studio? I think it's, I really want one, but I have no reason to get one. Yeah, I think it's such a cool idea. And for the people that will use it, I think it's like the best thing ever. Like, uh, did you see the Penny Arcade guy? What's his name? Yeah, yeah. Gabe? Yeah. Um, or my, what's, what's his real name? I don't remember. Mike something. Um, oh, I don't know. I just know him as Gabe. Yeah, anyway. So he's like, a, he draws like comics, right? He, he does Penny Arcade comics. Um, and he's been using like a Surface um, Pro. And I think he's really loved it. And I guess he was able to, you know, give them input and kind of see this as it went along and was developed. And he says, it's like, you know, perfect for him. So I think for people that <laughs> that draw and I don't know, that draft and I, I don't know who else would use it, like artists, graphic designers, um, like I would love to use it, but I don't I don't see a need for it. But it's so cool. Like. I wish I could buy one, but I can't justify buying one. But it does make me question, why would I want to buy an iMac now? Um, if if given the choice between the two, and if I had the extra funds, I would clearly go for this because it's just incredible looking product, first of all. Uh, when would we have thought that, hey, Microsoft is the creative company that you'd go to if you were like an artist or an architect? I mean, this really, I was I was shocked and surprised. Yeah, I mean, between uh, just the, the Surface line, like the Surface Pro, the Surface Book, and now the Surface Studio, it seems like every year they're coming out with something um, that... I don't know how successful these are going to be. Like, I don't know how many of these are going to sell and I don't know how many Surface books they've sold. But every year when they come out, I think the uh, the reaction is, wow, these are really cool. They look really, really good. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, to me, I think the iMac is still probably has the edge just because it runs macOS instead of Windows. And so for a lot of people, that's the deal breaker right there. At least for me, that is. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat as, as Mike. Like, I would love to get one of this, one of these, but like, I don't draw, right? So like, there's really no use for me to, you know, other than to mess around and like draw some stick figures with some colors. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't have a use for it, but it's super cool. I, I really liked it. I mean, hold on a minute. Let's back that train up for a moment here because we, since Jason's moved out to the West Coast, he's even more now into this Mac bubble. Um, one of the biggest problems that we have is the fact that it's like, well, we assume that everyone's using Mac OS, but still Windows is the dominant platform uh, out there. I mean, we we all use Macs and we all love them, but the general public, not everyone's running Mac OS. Uh, I mean, that is one of the problems about switching over from Mac because it's like once you are on OS uh OS X, you don't want to switch back to Windows. Um, uh, but I do have to say that I don't know if I want to say that is like one of the biggest problems holding it back. Because I also still think that Microsoft, when they release products like this, I still think they're kind of reference products. Like uh, after the Surface Book was done, HP decided, oh, great, we're going to make that Spectre thin laptop to kind of mimic the Surface Book to try to be the thinnest uh, powerful um, PC 
laptop that's out there. Uh, I think that this is a way for Microsoft to be like, hey, uh, we'll be innovative, so it's okay for all of our third-party or OEM manufacturers to go ahead and do uh, take a little bit of risk and not create that stupid rectangular Dell that we saw from the early aughts. Well, okay, so you know you're right that Windows market share is definitely way way bigger than uh, Mac OS uh, market share, but like I, I think that if you're looking at the particular market, so like the high end uh, all in one desktop, uh, I'd be shocked if they sold more PCs that are all-in-ones that are comparable to an iMac than iMacs. And and same as the, these laptops. Like I, I would be shocked if they sold more MacBook Pros to consumers, not not businesses running like Lenovo's, because at work I use a Lenovo, right? So obviously there's like low-end Dell computers and like uh, whatever laptops there are that are $300, $500. And you know, in terms of sheer number of users, there's obviously way more Windows users. But I mean, are they going to sell more iMacs or are they going to sell more Surface Studios? They're definitely going to sell more iMacs, right? At least that's what I think. Yeah. Um, I sent you guys uh, an image. Did you guys, do you guys remember this from like five or six years ago? Um, did you, do you see it? I, I do see it. Um, is this like the, a patent for Apple? Yeah. Uh, it was like the iMac that comes down and is like also a touch based thing. It kind of looks like what the Surface Studio is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's like the idea has been kicking around, but I guess they haven't found a way to, or a reason. I don't know. Mac OS right now is not very like touch friendly. And I feel like right. Windows has kind of gone through these, this like growing pain of like Metro and then kind of refining it. And then now they kind of have like a hybrid where it works pretty well with a mouse and keyboard and it works pretty well with touch. So right. I don't know. They've kind of gone through like the, the pain and suffering to be able to do that. And, you know, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but. You know, Apple's decided to maybe kind of go like a different way, uh, which you saw today. So, I mean, I don't know which yeah. one is. I think for me, like the Apple way, you know, makes a little more sense. But for people that that draw, um, and you can afford it, and you know, you don't care, you're like platform agnostic, then why not get that studio? Yeah, I'm beginning to think that the Microsoft way makes a little bit more sense. To be honest, um, uh, you know, obviously just baking in touch to your operating system. So, for example. At work on my Lenovo, my laptop actually has a touch screen. Um, we're running, I think, Windows 7. So it's not one of those like, you know, operating systems that have, uh, like the, the, the tiles. And it, it's, it's, right. It's, it's stupid, right? Cause like, why would you ever want to touch that? Like the, the touch points are so little and I would probably miss. So I never, I disabled it. Right. So, I mean, that's probably what's stopping my uh, Apple from doing this because you wouldn't want to touch an iMac because the, the touch targets aren't built for that. Right. Um, and so until Apple kind of does something to OS 10 or unifies their operating system, which they, they say that they'll never do, um, you know, that's probably what's preventing it, but we'll see. Is Microsoft cooler than Apple now? Right. Right now. Right yeah. now. Yeah. Hey, I think so. um, yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like okay, cooler in terms of like, are more people going to buy it? No, right. But um, but I mean, their their stuff is really cool. And like the Surface Book, like, again, like we said the same thing last year when the Surface Book came out, and I was like, wow, this is so cool. Did I end up buying one? No, right. But and and a lot of people like the funny thing is is that like my whole Twitter stream is going crazy yesterday over this thing, and everyone's talking about how crazy it is and how awesome it is. And then today, uh, Apple announces their MacBook Pros, and you know. There's so many tweets of people like, oh, I bought it, I bought it, I bought it. And like nobody's bought this Surface Studio, right? So it doesn't matter kind of how cool it is. It's like put your money where your mouth is, right? And and most people aren't buying it, right? Well, so, once you're once you're stuck into the Apple like pipeline, you pretty much are stuck in it. Like Yeah. And of course people went ahead and bought it because when was the last time a new PowerBook came out? Right. And so this is definitely better than their last one. I'm just saying that like so yeah, many people were talking well, they, about like, they had cool enough time to do it. I mean, when it comes to innovation, Apple has definitely been like uh, slacking off a bit. I mean, yeah, no, even I today with the all the stuff that was done in the conference, um, you notice all the things that they were doing with mail, which still looks terrible. <laughs> they didn't even bring up iTunes because God forbid if you did. Oh God, I, I um, hope iTunes is dead. I hate iTunes. 
Yeah, yeah. No, no. Thank I mean, you. It, Thank you. I mean, let's let's even talk about the mobile. I mean, the best mail client that you one of the best mail clients that you can get for your iPhone is Outlook. What? I've heard that. Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, do you use the default mail client on on iPhone? No, I do Jason. for work. I, I have to. But I'm sorry like, uh, because it's enterprise accounts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. But only for my work. That's terrible. I would look for a new job. That's. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I think that I, I really like what Microsoft is doing. I think that um, like their new CEO is great. Um, I mean, it's going to take a long time, I think. Uh, but this is kind of how you have to do it. You, you come out with these great products and, you know, you, you aim for quality and just hope that it works. But they're, I think they're doing it correctly. You know, is it going to actually work or are people actually going to buy it? I don't know. Right. But um, it's not because they are, you know, incompetent or, or not doing it right. I mean, I, th I think one of the big things about Microsoft is they're okay with go ahead and make a terrible decision and just go past it because, hey, anyone use Windows 8? Yeah, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> but Apple seems like a little too scared to go ahead and make a step forward because, oh, if it's a bad step, it could be the end. No, we can't make that bad step. So we're going to be extremely cautious. At least Microsoft is going ahead and trying all these new things. Uh, so yep. I would have to say, yeah, definitely the more innovative company right now. Mike, what do you think? I, I think, yeah, I think it's really kind of sad that, you know, Apple kind of would want to, they would want their own products to cannibalize, you know, their own products. Um, so if they make something new that's better and like completely different and then it, you know, ends up killing the Mac, then it kills the Mac. But I don't know. They don't, they're just, yeah, they're, they're kind of complacent with Mac OS. We'll, you know, we'll clean up the UI a little bit, add, you know, 200 features every year when only like three or four of them are really notable. Um, and it's just kind of this like year over year refinement when, you know, I wouldn't mind if, you know, Mac OS Sierra kind of freezes and then they're, you know, or maybe they are working on like the next big thing, but I don't know how, you know, how their resources are, you know, I'm sure it's split mostly more towards iOS. So I feel like, you know, the Mac is just kind of stagnating. Um, so yeah, I think Microsoft has released more buzzworthy products. It's a lot of money to be spent on stagnating products. <laughs> I have no choice. I'm stuck. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I would, you know, I bought a Surface Pro, like the first one, um, and I like it. But, you know, I'm using the, I'm actually using my iPad Pro a lot um, as like a laptop now. The 12.9 one? Um, well, kind of, I have both. So I'm using both. Um, but you know, with that, you remember that, that Logitech case that like Walt Mossberg reviewed the keyboard case. Yeah. I really like that case. It's really nice. So it actually functions as a laptop. Yeah. Like but you know, on the one thing that I didn't like about, um, like the cases that have keyboards is that they're all Bluetooth. And so they're all kind of like janky and a little unreliable. Like sometimes it'll be like lag or sometimes, you know, it won't be paired or, you know, you have to charge mm -hmm. it. But with like the smart keyboard and then um, or the smart connector, you know, this plugs in with a smart connector. It's just like, you know, it's just like a hardware attachment. So you don't have to worry about any like reliability issues. Uh, it's really nice. One quick question. Uh, Michael, do you have enough money in the tech budget right now for the following? I'd like to see a side-by-side -side comparison of the new MacBook, which we're about to talk about. And a the newly re revised Surface Book. I mean, I have enough money in the budget <laughs> to buy a, one of them and then return it after testing All it right, side by there side. We go. That's good enough. And the Surface Studio. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, hey, let's not go crazy now, okay? <laughs> I actually really want to go to a Microsoft store and check it out. Yeah, There's they're they're the out here. now, right? There's one in the yeah. mall. We can meet there, yeah. Jay. Yeah, I'm totally. I totally. Want yeah, to let's meet there, guys. So cool. Aww. Yeah. Mike's coming. <laughs> it's okay. You can get there. It'll just take you about like six hours, right? <laughs> yeah, no problem. Okay, so you want to talk about Apple now? Yeah. Okay, so this morning there was the uh, the Apple keynote. Hello. Dot again. Dot right. Is that what they said? Is that what they called <laughs> That's it? That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they called it, right? Hello. Dot again. Dot. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, so this is uh, the. The keynote that we were all hoping would come about six months ago, uh, that they announced 
some new Apple TV stuff, but um, I don't know if you want to talk about that or not. But uh, I, I do MacBook Pros. Okay. So I, I for Apple TV, Apple TV, um, because that television app that they had mentioned, where hey, uh, based off of the apps that you currently have, so yes, it's not the a la carte version that we all wanted and all still dream of, but the fact that I would be able to see all of my TV shows across platforms and be able to go directly into those TV shows, that was impressive. Like, at first I thought, this kind of isn't a big big deal. I could probably do this elsewhere. So I went directly onto my Xbox One during the actual presentation to see if I could do this. I was like, hey, Cortana, play, uh, play Westworld. And she's like, I have no idea what the heck that is. Um, <laughs> but I kind of know what HBO Go is, so you can try that. Um, so seeing something that unifies all these apps that we are stuck doing, like I am a Hulu, I'm a Hulu subscriber, uh, Amazon Prime, Netflix and HBO. So it's like, I would like to just do that all in one place. And this TV app now makes me want to say, all right, time for me to buy one of these new Apple TVs with Siri. So I can be like, Hey, I want to, I want to be that person who will be like, show me whatever football games are on right now, because that right there sold me. Well, as long as you don't want to stream uh, Netflix or Amazon prime videos, because those aren't included in the, uh, in the participating providers for like the TV app. Boo. So, I mean, I, I agree. It's, it's a really good idea. Um, and it's, it's convenient if I can, cause we started actually watching like designated survivors. So I have to download the ABC app and I have to open the ABC app and then go find it in the app. Uh, and then when I want to go watch Westworld, I have to open up HBO Go, go find Westworld. So to have it in one app where every show that we're kind of watching is all there and I can even just ask Siri to, play designated survivor and it'll just go right into it that would be convenient but until they get all the providers like netflix and obviously not amazon because they don't even have an app in the store um it, it's kind of a half-baked thing but uh it could be cool it's half-baked, i agree but it's still it's better than what it's better than what existed beforehand right right yeah it could be cool what do you think mike uh i mean this is all nice <laughs> but I think what, what we really want is like some kind of like skinny bundle, right? I feel like all of this stuff right. still requires like if you want to watch live sports, you need some kind of like cable subscription or right or something. If so you, if you don't already pay for cable, it's not going to make any more shows available to you. Right. So I guess, you know, you would never with this, maybe you would need to go to maybe Apple TV could be your input one, um, but you still need to pay for like a cable subscription. And I think... What I'm waiting for is where the Apple TV can be input one and I'm just paying for like, you know, 30 or 40 channels that, you know, everyone like Sling can do it. Um, AT&T is doing it with DirecTV. Um, so I feel like it's it has to come soon. And then if I could yeah. get those channels for like 35 bucks and they're all integrated in, then then I would be happy. But uh, yeah, I think this is this is like, like what you're saying, half baked, or it's like wait, a stepping wait, wait. stone. For all those channels for like thirty five bucks. I mean, like thirty five bucks on top of your if you use cable as an internet provider, thirty five bucks will give you basic cable. So therefore, you'll get your subscription. You can just log in to like the Comcasts of the world to get your cable. So the thirty five bucks thing, I'm like, I don't know where that number's coming from. <laughs> i'm just saying yeah man. oh sorry it's it's 100 channels for 35 bucks that's yeah. what's that's what's coming that's pretty good you also get unlimited streaming if you're an 18t i think yeah so well okay so one thing that i saw someone say was that they kind of they were wondering um like the apple tv when it first came out last year people were like oh the future is apps and you know we're going to redo the interface and you're going to see kind of looks like an iPhone. There's a grid of apps and you open up the ABC app and you open up the HBO go app and you open up the Netflix app. Um, now that they have this TV app, you know, obviously it doesn't have Netflix as we mentioned, but um, if you like, what's the point of having an ABC app? If you can just say play designated survivor and it goes straight into designated survivor. Like I don't need to actually open up the ABC app and, and, and navigate their interface. Right. So what they were wondering is, Shouldn't this be just the default? This is just the the interface. This is the user interaction. This is just it's just this app, right? 
Like, you, why do you need the home screen with all these other apps uh, that you need to then develop and navigate through, and they're all different and learn these interfaces when you can just have this one? I mean, I think you just see argument A right there. I mean, <laughs> that you just spoke about earlier about being able to spend 35 bucks and you have access to it all. I think we're getting there, but baby steps have to be done yeah. because ABC doesn't want to give up that data. Uh, they want you to go through their app first, so we can me- so they can measure that directly. I mean, otherwise, what would happen when it goes into the like Apple bucket instead of going through the ABC yeah. app first? I think a lot of uh, content providers still want to have as much control as possible uh, when it comes to distribution, and this is like one of those last like death knell like we we can't let this go so that's why i think these individual apps for uh delivery still exist yeah so that's what i would like to see i don't know i i definitely am i'm in agreement with mike and and will um i want like a skinny bundle from apple where i just pay them money and i get access to all these things without having to go through individual app interfaces but we'll see especially when we get itunes gift cards for so cheap (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but then you have okay. to use iTunes. Uh, no, no, no. We just use them for like apps and like uh, now I use it for Netflix. Even, so. Oh, yes. I switched too, thanks to you. Yeah. It's oh, an so easy sweet. way to... That's uh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually really bad for Netflix though because they have to pay Apple 30% and uh, so they're, they're actually losing money. But so you're bad. a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Okay, so uh, the other big announcement or the bigger announcement today was uh, brand new MacBook Pros finally. Um, Will, are you going to get any of these new MacBook? We should just describe them first. They're they're thinner, they're lighter, uh, they have uh, improved screens, although the same resolution, right? They have that OLED uh, touch-sensitive multi-touch function row, and uh, they have the second-generation butterfly mechanism keyboard. Which is I hear still very similar to the uh, the MacBook One, but uh, slightly improved, I guess. Hopefully, um, is that is that Touch ID, I guess, as well. Touch ID uh, and full metal uh, that hinge that you have for oh, yeah, opening that's right. and closing. Yeah, it's like the MacBook Finally, One hinge. Metal. Yeah, and and fifty percent louder speakers, I think. Yep, and then um, just USB C ports. Oh, yeah, four USB-C ports where you can charge from any of them. And if you use multiple chargers, it does not make it charge any faster. <laughs> That's disappointing. <laughs> Turbo charge. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so what do you guys think? Did you guys think that this uh, lived up to the hype or it was worth the wait? It is about time. I don't know if it lived up to the hype, but it was about time. Um, in fact, I think this could have been done... Uh, eight months ago without the stupid little function key row thing because that's all well and good, but you want me to stare at this row of keys when you talk about this beautiful screen that's right in front of me that's supposed to be brighter and uh, way much more color depth, but you want me to look at this little row of keys. I don't care. I just want it to have faster... I just want it to be up to date with modern technology because you hadn't updated your hardware in ages. So I'm excited about it, but I'm kind of angry about it. <laughs> to the classic <laughs> <Angry> bear. bear. <laughs> okay, Mike, what do you think? Uh, so I don't know. I think originally when I saw the con, like this, this touch bar like idea got leaked like a while ago. And then there was some like mock-ups um, of how it would look. And at the time I was like really excited um, but then when I saw it today, I got a little less excited. And I feel like, I feel like it's a, you know, it may be a good idea, but for people that are like, are, for people that use the keyboard, you know, and they, they touch type, um, do you really want to take your eyes off of the screen? Because you can't like, you know, there's no distinctive like buttons anymore, right? It's just like a bar. So you can't like, you know, go by, I guess maybe eventually you'll be able to like maybe go by memory and kind of know where things are. But until that happens, you're going to be having to look down and, you know, like right now, I guess, you know, you can kind of, if I look down at my function keys, you know, I can see the screen. So like maybe it won't be like so bad, but just the way like 
Craig Federighi was doing the demo, it just looked like he was just like looking just straight down on the keyboard. And it's like, how can you see what the heck is going up, like going on the screen? So I don't know. So I had the actual, I'm actually the exact opposite as you. Like when I saw the, um, the mock-ups and the ideas and the, and like the concepts, I thought like it could be cool, but I was very skeptical. Um, and when I watched it today, I was still also kind of skeptical, but then when I kind of took a second look at the uh, the Photoshop demo and like the Final Cut Pro demo, it looked like what they were doing was um, initially you obviously have to look down because there's no discrete keys. You need to look down to see what you're pushing on. But once you kind of have your hand there, you kind of don't need to look. And if it's like scrubbing along video or like, you know, moving the timeline or um, doing things like that, you can kind of just keep your hand there and, and use it without looking down. So initially you have to look down, but not while you're using it. And so one thing that I thought was interesting is that it enables them to kind of like when they were doing Photoshop, they edited in full screen without any interface elements on the screen. Yeah, I so thought I that think was like nice. If you could do that, that's pretty cool, right? Because you can, it's just a bigger picture, right? And so uh, you can kind of switch your tool if you have your favorites and you can customize it, which it looks like, you know, they're letting the developers do and they're letting users do as well a little bit to some extent. Um, if you have all the functions that you need and you can kind of make the interface go away, that could be kind of neat. All right. I, I can't take it anymore. Um, remember a couple of years back, there was that Phantom like vaporware product that was going to be an awesome keyboard that would allow you to customize the keys to be whatever you wanted them to be so it'd have an yeah. icon on each button yeah, the uh, optimus, for the right? yeah the art lebedev yeah. yeah guess what guess what we just got sold no I, I mean i think this is definitely more integrated than that um because it's integrated into the os and so like the the hard part about doing like a programmable keyboard that you can you know customize is that to some extent you need developer buy-in right like you need developers to program this into like, which you still need for this as well. Well, except for like I got an email already from Apple developers saying Pro like, hey, update your apps, make them available to be uh, ready for this touch uh, functionality. Right. But like, do you think Photoshop updated their app for Optimus keyboards? Because they're already <laughs> going to do it for this, right? So like, I, I think they're going to sell millions of these. So it's kind of like when they have t 3D touch, like 3D touch, I, I hate it. I think it sucks. But like, Apps are updating for it, whether whether it's good or not, right? Because Apple has that clout. They can say, like, look, we're going to have millions of people buying this thing. You need to do it. And so people are going to do it. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sold that it's better than the old function row, at least not yet. And I need to use it. But um, it, it at least gave me some hope that it could be cool. I'm not sure yet. I'm just upset if this was the reason why it took so long for those these products to be updated. Especially since at the end they said, hey, by the way, we have a 13-inch that's like ready to go right now that has better parts but doesn't have like the fancy new bells and whistles. So it's like, well, why didn't you update everything else? Like I would be more excited if you could like hack that touch bar and you could put like a, you know, like you could put all of like level 1-1 one -one of Super Mario Brothers on there and just kind of watch it as like a little screensaver. <laughs> That will probably happen. Someone I think will that, do that. That would be awesome. I would get it just for that, but not for, you know, changing my volume and declining calls and picking an emoji. Speaking of getting it, you are getting it, right, Mike? Yeah, I'm going to get it because I've waited like the whole... I picked up the first Retina MacBook Pro, the 15-inch, in the summer of 2012. Didn't pick up... And this is a long time for me. This is like four and a half years. Wow. I'm dying. So well, you've also had like an iMac and several iPads in between. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It's whoa. not like Listen. it's not. It's not <laughs> like you have yeah. one computer. Come on now. Come I've on now. been <laughs> suffering. So. What? It's it's That's, it's a tough need, life. You need a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm still torn. I haven't I haven't placed my order yet. Um. I'm just wondering how long I'm going to keep this one. If it's going to be another four years before. They do like another another big upgrade, and if they do, then this time I might go with the the Beaster model. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? I, I don't know. It's you know the the price 
It starts at twenty three ninety nine. The price is lower than I thought. The lo- is lower than I thought, especially when it came to the ones that had discrete uh, GP. Well, the ones that have GPUs. I yeah. was surprised to see how low. Yeah, no, but based on like what like the internet quote the internet is saying, like you are in the minority. I think everyone was like surprised. Yeah. At the price. Yeah, wait, the wait, price wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Does anyone th- did anyone look at the Apple Store like last week? To see how much they were selling uh, MacBook Pros with GPU with terrible GPUs. Yeah, the thing for? is, they they had an integrated one that sold for nineteen ninety nine. So if you wanted a fifteen inch Retina MacBook Pro, you could get one with the integrated GPU Which, for. By the way, there is one with the dis- without the discrete graphics card as a fifteen inch. They didn't mention it, but it's on the store. Um, if you look at the fifteen inch, well, you see the three at the top. Scroll to the bottom. But well, it so doesn't. The, it has Thunderbolt two ports. It's like it's like the old. It's the old MacBook Pro. It doesn't have like the. It's it's basically what they had before. I also think it's like quit quit whining about the price if you're talking about a 15 inch MacBook. No, okay? tr- yeah, no. You trust me. I re- I remember. I remember like getting like the first like PowerBook G four. Um, Three thousand dollars. Yeah, and like the first whatever, the aluminum. Hey, I I. I was there. <laughs> Titanium, me, though, aluminum, yeah. Hey, I was this close. I was really <laughs> excited at the end when they showed that one other Mac. I was like, does this mean they have a 17-inch right there? <laughs> Wait, didn't you have no. Pismo like right before the Titanium came out? Yep, and then I... And then of I course you did, Will. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I mean, I think to me, like, I was... Because the, the MacBook Pro 13-inch started at like twelve ninety nine before this, right? So I was kind of hoping something along that line, and there is one for fourteen ninety nine, but that's like the the quote unquote MacBook, the Retina MacBook Air. It doesn't have the the Touch Bar, right? So I think the the thirteen inch starts with the Touch Bar at like seventeen ninety nine. So you're you're going from like whereas the Retina MacBook Pro started in the low one thousands, and now it's starting in the high one thousands. Um, it seemed like a pretty big jump to me. I, I I don't look at 13-inch laptops because I don't have Donald Trump hands, so... <laughs> no, I'm just saying... I, I mean, didn't look at lo- any of the pricing on that, so I believe right. you're probably right on that, but when it comes to, like, a regular size laptop, uh, I think they're... But the price is just more money than it was before for the... Co- so you would think that, like, yes, if you look at the store yesterday when they had the outdated computers because they don't drop their prices traditionally... Like you're paying two thousand dollars for a two year old computer, for example, right? But generally, when they refresh their laptops, they'll keep the prices relatively consistent. They'll just refresh the laptops, and then they'll drop the prices on the older ones, which they did. But they also raise the prices, and not just by like a hundred dollars. They raise them like significantly. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Uh, yeah, I definitely take a look at it differently because when I look at it, I look at it from the eyes of a gamer, and when I take a look at Apple laptops, I see. Where is the first point where I can get a discrete graphics card? Oh, it's at the $3,000 mark. But now it's not. That's yeah, why I was like, whoa, look. huh. This is surprisingly different uh, for Apple. Yeah, I think if you look at what was out yesterday, I think you could buy the discrete GPU Retina, like the lowest one above the 1999, and it was 2299 So you're only really paying like $100 more for this touch bar. But yeah, for people that were hoping for like a, Touch bar one with maybe integrated graphics for like, you know, two thousand for a fifteen inch. Like that idea is gone, right? So, but at launch for the Retina MacBook Pro, they didn't have one either. So you know, it'll probably come down the line. Um, right now, they're probably just try to you know keep it more higher end, keep their profit margin pretty good, and then you know next gen or Rev B, Rev C, you know they'll probably add in like a two thousand dollar one. I mean, they did that for the iMac, the 5K, right? They they dropped the price, but they made it like a you know a little cheaper, right? Less solid state memory. Yeah. So I, I guess that's possible. Yeah. The crazy thing is that it's still only like the one I got, which was you know base entry level back in the day, only had 256 gig solid state drive, and the one now also only has a 256 solid state drive. But remember, that one back in the day was like an actual. Was it an SSD that was connected through? SATA 3 versus PCI? No, it was the weird connector. It was PCI? Yeah. I can't change it with like a, you know, a two and a half inch SSD. 
but it's not it's not soldered in it's not so I, it's like the connector so i can actually replace it with something but i never have so i don't know That's strange i think i might go like 512 the the 27.99 through the education store and then not uh, do terabytes <laughs> no <laughs> That's an extra fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah, with two terabytes, so, so that's pretty good. No, that's okay. Though I would spend that extra money, like I mean, based off of, I, I would still stick with the smaller, like drive. Uh, like you still have your like Synology, right? Yeah, and then oh, and then are you saying get the Radeon five hundred? <laughs> yeah, spend the extra hundred bucks on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's that right there is like kind of a no brainer. It's like wait, I can update this GPU to something that can play uh, modern, current generation console games at full resolution at 60 frames a second for 100 bucks? Yeah. Yeah. 100 bucks extra? Yeah, that's true. No, from the low end, though, it's a $200 upgrade. And then from the higher end model, it's a $100 upgrade. Still worth it. If I get the higher end one, for sure, I'm just going to go in and get the the 500 also for an extra 100 bucks, because why not? Um, how about you, Jason? Any of these appeal to you? Even like biding your time, I feel like forever. <laughs> um, I think that I'm generally pretty pleased. I, I think they look pretty good. I want to see them in store just so I can see like just how thin and light they are. Um, but I, I think that I'm not going to buy something right now. Let me know when you go to the Apple store because we should uh, do a impromptu for the podcast uh, recording. Yeah. Um, no, so well, because I have the iMac, so my plan is to sell my iMac, get a display, which I also want to talk about before we end, um, and then maybe pair this laptop so I can get like a secondary display because I can't do that right now with my 5K iMac because then you can't use it as like a target display. Right. Um, and so the plan is to get an external display so I can hook it up to my work laptop when I need to work from home, but I can also hook it up to my MacBook and then kind of, you know, it's just a more portable uh, extensible s- workshop, I guess, or work setup. Um, but I'm not in a rush, I guess. And so I'm going to see how the reviews are, see which ones, uh, like, you know, see how, how things work out, uh, see if there's any good deals for Black Friday, things like that. Um, cause I generally Best Buy will have like a deal where it's like a hundred to $200 off within the first like two months or so. Couldn't so you get that with the education tickets. store right now? You could. Uh, but I have a ton of Best Buy credit from last year that I've been waiting to spend. Oh, so from the MacBook One. Yeah, so I need to uh, I need to buy from Best Buy. Do you know if they <laughs> they match EDU discounts or anything like that, or they don't? Uh, they did when I got my Retina MacBook Pro. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, but um, if not, they always have those like student deals, the coupons. Yeah, but the, lately they don't give the um, they don't give them for MacBooks. Oh. But the past two times I haven't. So we'll see. But like, I'm not in a huge rush. So if there's like a good deal or maybe like uh, someplace uh, where I can get it on the cheap, um, I'm not in a rush to get it at launch, I guess. But they look really cool. I'm excited. Okay. So which one though? Um, Probably the 13, the 13 inch. Uh, The 13 inch touch bar. Yeah. Touch bar. I mean, I mean, I don't even need that much. I was kind of hoping that they would announce like a 13 inch MacBook one, uh, which, which I guess they kind of did, but the price is, um, such that like for an extra three hundred dollars, you get like a faster processor, you get the touch bar, you get the extra ports, all that stuff. So it's probably worth it to just get the touch bar. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so that's probably the one that I would get. Uh, if I want to go all out, I guess I can get the fifteen inch. So we'll see. What <laughs> will sending some nice? Hey, what what is this? <laughs> I really like it. Um, okay, so the last thing I want to talk about, unless you guys had anything else, is um. They announced this really odd uh, collaborative monitor. It's a 5K display with LG, right? And people have been kind of clamoring for like a new Thunderbolt display, like a 5K Thunderbolt display. And Apple a couple of months ago discontinued their old uh, Thunderbolt display. And people kind of didn't know what was going on. The rumor was they are going to make a new Thunderbolt display that's 5K. And it's going to have a integrated GPU to help drive the uh, the monitor. So um, many pixels. Yeah, and and so today, uh, like the going into the event, the rumor was that the 5K Thunderbolt display was not ready and would maybe be released first quarter of next year. But then they announced like this collaborative 
monitor with LG that does has LG branding. It looks like an LG monitor. It definitely doesn't look like a Thunderbolt display. Um, the thirteen or the twenty-seven inch version is uh, thirteen hundred dollars, I think, and it's going to ship in December. I think. Uh, what do you guys think? Is this is this like a stopgap or is this you know the monitor that Apple officially you know puts out? I guess. Do you remember the Motorola Rocker? <laughs> yes. Well, vaguely. It's a stopgap, I think. I think it is a stopgap, but it's also, um, I could see them partnering with LG in the future to produce the next, like, Apple um, monitor, uh, this being a test run. And it was interesting that you mentioned that, oh, there would be a GPU involved, which would explain why Radeon was used as opposed to NVIDIA for GPUs, because uh, Radeon, the uh, Polaris architecture of the current GPU of the new MacBooks already can accept like external GPUs via USB three USB. So like the like that that fancy Razer already has like an external GPU through the same type of connector. So it's already tried and true technology. So I could see that tying into, hey, here's an LG monitor with an additional Radeon-like GPU, and it's brought to you by Apple. I could see that coming down the line, and this being that stopgap. I mean, all the pieces seem to fit like way too well for it not to happen. I think what okay, they're going to so- do is this like monitor exists for people that have computers that can, you know, that can drive the display, which right now is the MacBook Pro, MacBooks. right? Yep. Um, but they'll make one. I feel like that you know that will have like that backwards compatibility, or you know, because it has the the GPU in it, it'll be able to work with older Macs as well via Thunderbolt. Um, so I don't know. I'm still expecting it because I I just don't think that they're gonna that they can be happy with this, you know. Okay. So do you um. Do you follow the ATP tipster on Twitter? No, I just see when he's retweeted by Marco. Okay, so I think when he, earlier today when they announced this, he was like, oh, I wouldn't buy this monitor, hint, hint, suggesting that Apple's going to come out with their own uh, 5K display. But if you read subsequent tweets of his, he is very interested because now he kind of is thinking that maybe this LG monitor, when you tear it open, is the same exact display that he was, uh, I guess, seeing, just with LG branding. And so he's kind of saying, well, when when it comes out and they tear it open, if we see a bunch of Apple components in this thing, then you know that it's kind of the Apple one. Um, and he actually thinks that it will, ha- like, this one has a, a GPU inside. And he's kind of basing this on. Like he says, well, I don't see how it could do what it claims it can do without it having a GPU inside. And oh, like driving also, like three of them, driving like, two, like because the MacBook Pro can the the fifteen inch can drive two five K displays. Right, right, right. Um, so he's saying, well, the the way that the ports are laid out, and based on what he's seen, like he thinks now. It's possible, he doesn't know for sure, but it's possible that they just took the internals of the monitor that he was seeing and just slapped on the LG chassis for whatever reason, uh, which I actually don't don't like. Although the price of $1,300 is not too bad. I, I thought if Apple were to release a 5K display, it would be more than $1,300. Yeah. Um, so I don't really particularly care for how it looks, but I mean, if this is like Apple quality other than the chassis uh, and it's $1,300, that's not too bad. Would you get this then? So I'll wait. Again, I mean, I don't, I don't even have the laptop, so I don't need to rush to get this thing. But, um, I mean, if this turns out to be, you know, say six months later and Apple doesn't come out with it or rumors come out or they do a teardown and this has a GPU and a bunch of Apple components and people kind of think that this is not a stopgap and it's actually their 5K solution, um, then sure, I would maybe get one. Uh, definitely not. Um, my, I still am, like, wary about the whole entire, like, 5K-like thing. What am I doing with 5K? It's one more K than you need. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So more more stuff of my stuff, more more of my media is not actually in the resolution that's that I'm displaying at. Yeah. Awesome. So I was googling uh, LG and like Apple iMac 5K, and I came across that story from last year 
Do you remember where LG claimed that Apple would release like an iMac 8K? Last oh, year? yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So it's kind of interesting that LG is the one that leaked that. And then now they're the ones that are doing like the collaboration with Apple. So like, I, I don't know whether they, they had, you know, obviously this is not an 8K display, but I mean, maybe they were working together pretty closely. I don't know. Bring your magnifying glass so you can actually take a look at your icons. What? What? <laughs> well, I will say that like a 5K and a 4K display, like the difference, just having them side by side, um, not that you can tell the difference in quality, but like the amount of stuff that you can put on there is significantly more on the 5K. Because I had that Dell 4K display as my secondary display to the iMac and um, 4K was not, I wasn't impressed. Oh, I, I did have one question. Do you think they can make a magic keyboard that does this with the touch bar? I was thinking about that. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why not. I also wonder if they can just make like a... Because the one thing that I don't like about the touch bar is that it just seems really small, right? Only because like the shape is like this long rectangle. Uh-huh. But I feel like a lot of these things would be better off if like they just had like an iPad or something like that where you can map functionality or have like some shortcut keys, but also like a color picker for Photoshop that's just always on and it kind of pairs with the computer. So like, I wonder if they would just make like a, almost like a magic trackpad, except for like a, a magic, you know, touchpad, right? I don't yeah. know. Where, where it has like, not it's not necessarily like a rectangular, you know, long rectangular shape. It can be a different form factor, but just have a OLED display that syncs and works directly with your computer. I mean, that could be cool. I don't know. Yeah, because I've been using this MacBook Pro like docked just in like a vertical stand. And now I won't be able to do that because I'll, I'll want to use like the touch bar. Yeah, that's true. All right. Anything else? So, I mean, what do you think about, we were talking about earlier, like Microsoft's integration of the OS and how you know, Windows 10 is kind of like touch mode, but also it's touch friendly, but also just like, you know, can be used with like a keyboard and mouse, right? Uh, and it looks like this is Apple's solution to bringing some touch sensitive, like, you know, like an emoji bar and and like sliders and things like that, multi-touch to the Mac without having to make the screen touchable. Right? Mm -hmm. What do you, do you think this is going to work? Like, do you like Apple's approach? No, I think, you know, I think that Apple on the, on the iPhone and the iPad, you know, have shown that, you know, I think directly like touching the screen, you have like more of like a connection. I, I think everything makes more sense when you're, that's why like little kids can use the, you know, they can just pick up an iPhone or iPad and just like kind of go. Um, it just seems more intuitive. Like you want to be able to touch it and like, you know, directly manipulate it with your fingers. But this is still kind of like you have like touch controls and they're like more advanced controls, but they're still like kind of abstracted from, you know, from the screen that you're looking at. So hmm. I don't know. And then there's this, there's this interview that uh, I guess came out today. With like Tim Cook, Johnny Ive, Craig Frederick, Air Force One, Frederigi. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't read the entire interview, but apparently Johnny Ive said that this is just the beginning of their vision, and he didn't want to go into specific details because he didn't want to give away what they were going to do. But I thought that was interesting. Like, I wonder what. I mean, are they just talking about that uh, e-ink keyboard rumor that that came out a couple weeks ago? Oh yeah. Yeah, maybe. But this is, this is the, the beginning. So or the Christmas tree that he's auctioning off. <laughs> yeah. Or that he's displaying. Hopefully it won't take another two plus years. Well, that one's supposed to come out in 2018, so two years. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> we'll finally get that Optimus keyboard. Yeah. Except by Johnny Ive. How's Gears of War, guys? Uh, well, did you play it? Don't I have it. it. Don't have it. I actually don't have it anymore either. I, I, I sold it. Wait, What? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I ran through it with Andy and then Best Buy was doing the 50% bonus credit. Uh -huh. and so I was able to sell it for like 45 bucks, but I got it for less than 45 bucks. So I like got to play through it and, and then just get rid of it. All right. So it looks like I'll be finishing campaign by myself. <laughs> yes. Well, you we will. tried to, we tried to play and you fell asleep. And then you just didn't give me another chance. Listen, I have, I have a kid. Well, clearly it's, it's not if you fell asleep during. <laughs> No, no, no. He fell asleep before we started playing. Yeah. I, which is understandable. I mean, he has a kid, but okay. I couldn't wait. Maybe, maybe we'll have to edit it at this point right now because I definitely <laughs> want to talk about video games now. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, 
let's see, you can, where can you leave? Do we even have, do we still own our domain? We still own our domain for now, for the next week. So, yeah. Um, Forthepodcast.com. That's what it is, yes. All right, and then um, there's a, I don't know, just go to Forthepodcast.com. <laughs> Stuff will be there. I'll figure out what to say next time we do this. It's been too long. All right, yeah. guys, I'll see you next time. Yep. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.